Welcome to this episode of Freemasonry Today. My name is Colin Peterson and I'm a Freemason here in Victoria, Australia and belong to a lodge operating under a warrant issued by the United Grand Lodge of Victoria. This podcast is my own work and offers my own views and those of my guests, which may not be those of our lodges or the United Grand Lodge of Victoria. The topic of this podcast is the social side of Freemasonry. We know that Freemasons meet in buildings, usually in the evening, to conduct business that they keep to themselves. Non-Freemasons aren't allowed to be part of this part of a Freemason's life. Without joining, non-Freemasons cannot know what goes on. Without joining, non-Freemasons cannot know what goes on. Similarly, because they can't be part of our ceremonies, Non-Freemasons don't get to see the unity that Freemasons experience. Whilst we speak of the friendships we make, how can non-Freemasons see these friendships in action? To help answer this question, we're fortunate to have Worshipful Brother Steve Austin join us. Steve is actually a member of a number of lodges and orders, including my own lodge and is master of another lodge here in Victoria, and secretary of yet another lodge. He is also, also, also the president of the Metropolitan Northern District of the Blue Lounge Social Club. To help answer these questions, we're fortunate to have Virgil Brother Steve Austin join us. Steve is actually a member of a number of lodges and orders, To help answer this question, we are fortunate to have Worshipful Brother Steve Austin join us. Steve is actually a member of a number of lodges and orders, including my own lodge, and is master of another lodge here in Victoria, and I think he's also secretary of yet another lodge. He is also the president of the Metropolitan Northern District of the Blue Land Social Club, as well as its acting secretary of the state branch. And we'll talk about the Blue Lounge Social Club a little bit later. Welcome to this podcast, Steve. Thank you for having me, Colin. Let me start by asking you, do Freemasons stop being Freemasons once they leave their meetings? In my opinion, as Colin stated, this is my opinion. Uh, No, they do not stop being Freemasons at the door. The principles and values we're taught behind those doors... Uh, to be taken into our extended lives outside the lodge room. Do Freemasons do stuff together other than their secret meetings? And I put secret in inverted commas because, well, we know they meet. Yeah, well, there's all those mythical and conspiracy theories which we're here to uh, to put to bed, but uh, not, not today. But we, we uh, do do things outside the uh, lodge room. I mean, I suppose I've got a little bit of a different story having... I mean, I know you're, you've come from a father in Freemasonry as I have but so I was involved in helping set up a lot of the social stuff before I joined Freemasonry for many years be it cooking a barbecue or uh, helping set up a Christmas party or, or wherever it may be so I had early exposure to that side of it and was quite excited to see the camaraderie and um, interaction between um, the members of Freemasonry and their wives uh, and uh, children at the time um, so they, so it was non-Freemasons that went along to the barbecues and that sort of thing. It was the yes. whole family members. What about friends? And Often you'd, you'd be bringing friends and um, 
curious members of the public, I suppose, is another way to uh, that people were introduced to what it's all about and actually taken into the lodge room, which non-Freemasons are allowed to be shown behind those doors as long as there's no ceremonies and operation, as you and I both know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, these, these social events could be anything, such as like we have at Fairfield with the annual swimmer queue and uh, other events. I know that uh, there's car clubs and there's motorbike clubs and uh, and different lots. So they, there's many different Freemasonry-based uh, communities, I suppose you would say, uh, that organise functions for lots of non-Freemasons. And you'll find a lot of the older generation, it's their wives, uh, but there, there is uh, younger wives and uh, kids being involved now because you're getting a, a younger demographic into 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 Freemasons. How do people who aren't Freemasons or, or don't know, you know, that their neighbours are Freemason, how can they find out about any of these social events and, and, and tag along if they if if they want to? Well, it's, it's like the old saying, I suppose. If you want to be one, ask one. So if you if you do know <laughs> if you do know anyone, and it's always daunting just to approach someone and um, talk to talk to them about something you're not sure about. But uh, that's your first port of call if you do know somebody in the lodge. And with social media these days, there's so many points of contact. It's a niche market, and if you do a general good Google search, you you probably won't find anything of value. Uh, but if you look more specifically for lodges lodges in your area uh, or even contacting the, the Grand Lodge of Victoria, they'll point you in the right direction uh, of lodges and then they can tell you what events they've got coming up. Uh, I suppose the question that, that really needs to be answered is how do, free, how do Freemasons feel about non-Freemasons? Are they, are they sort of to be kept at arm's length and or you know, or do you think we should be well? Not, you know, not anymore. If, if somebody, if, if somebody's, if somebody's interested in Freemasonry, um, or just interested in in you know being part of the social side of things, yes. um, do Freemasons sort of go well? You know, you're not a Freemason, you're not part of this, or do they? Or, or in your experience, do they welcome them with open arms and 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 uh, you know invite them along? They're um they're always welcome. Some of the stuff we've run at Blue Lounge and through lodges have been quite successful. And people attend Christmas parties every year, but they don't join the lodge. For example, I know one of the lodges where I'm secretary, we have probably there's two members we hardly ever see at lodge, but they bring their whole families to our Christmas function every year, and that's ten to fifteen people. So that's usually half the function. Um, <laughs> and uh, but in my ten years as a mason, no. Uh, but I do hear the, the stories, and I think, in in my personal opinion, that's probably why it's missed a generation. I mean, my brother joined; he's no longer active, but uh, I know other people of his age group didn't join because they were turned off by the way it was kept secretive from without putting a date on it, or say twenty plus years ago. Um, but especially these days, it's 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 attempting and trying hard to be more and more open about what the story is and, and just what we do and just we're just normal normal bunch of blokes having a good time and trying to inter- integrate our families where we can which is it's even hard it's just harder and harder these days with families with, with the amount they have on with kids sports and and um yeah. you know extracurricular activities in the norm obviously outside of these covid times i'm referring to do you want to give us a bit of an up uh, um a bit of a an explanation of Freemasons hold open meetings where we invite friends and family along. 
as in the open installations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so what what is an open what what's an open meeting? And, so open meeting. And, and uh, why why is that any different to a normal meeting? Well, open meeting um, they change part of the ceremony and remove what are the secrets. And I'm doing inverted commas there for for those that can't see. Obviously, we're on a podcast. <laughs> Uh, that non-Masons can attend. And it's, it's very um, good for, for family members that have never seen any part of it. Uh, so they adjust the ceremony uh, to the point where non-Masons can come in and see some of the grandeur that happens behind the doors. In this state, we're very... Um, I know some states call us the, the, um, the Masonic mini-soldiers because our ceremony can be very regimented but it is beautiful to watch when it's in action. And uh, that's what this, these open meetings are designed to do, to, to show what happens behind the doors. You, you talked a bit before about the Blue Lounge Social Club. Yes. What's that? Uh, so the Blue Lounge um, started in Brunswick, uh, Davy Street Centre, with three guys, three younger Masons that have all recently joined. I believe the two of those guys are now back home overseas. And they were just having a, a beer one night after... A rehearsal, I think it was, and they just got talking, and they, 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 they identified a gap where there are a lot of lodges. I think up to two hundred in Victoria. There might be only one guy under sixty-five in that, each of those lodges. So what they decided to do was to, to create the Blue Land Social Club, just purely for their Masonic Centre to start, where four or five lodges met. So they talked to a couple of the other lodges, and they just had a barbecue, and they got guys from different lodges to go, g'day. <laughs> I'm only 30, I'm only 45, I'm only 20. We are, there are other younger Masons in, 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 in Freemasonry. That's how it's, it got its grassroots. And I suppose it stayed that way for 12 or 18 months and thereabouts. And they had some very successful events, just meeting up at a hotel in a beer garden. And, and, uh, so, and they started inviting non-Masons or people they'd found out that were interested in joining. So that's where it got its real core group of um, encouraging Masons. And because the selection process and joining process can take anywhere up to a year, depending on which lodge you're joining in the... Um, what, to join a lodge or join the Blue Lounge? To join the, to join a lodge. So we were finding right. there were guys and had their paperwork in to join a lodge, but they weren't getting much contact. They get a phone call from the secretary of the lodge to you going, yeah, you're still in the process. But we started having these events and inviting and getting some of them, and talking to secretaries and lodges and trying to get these guys' details and to have created a, uh, a network in those days. And it was really when, um, about 2016, when uh, now worship brother, then brother Jack Akalina took the reins up as secretary, then uh, president, and took it and ran a real commercial model, I suppose you'd say, and uh, encouraged us to pick it up into other areas. And it just worked. A, a group of Masons, young Masons, it was, and we aimed, we aimed it between age and, age 18 and 55, but some of our biggest uh, supporters are outside that age group. Our events were just aimed at that age group because we found that's where we, we needed to aim it. So it's grown from those three or four guys to about 20 or 30 guys over the first year or so to we now have uh, multiple districts across Victoria. Uh, we have a, a club in Utah and a club in Ontario, Canada, um, which have picked, just picked up the model and they do different things that work for them. There's a group and also one started in Tasmania. And it's something that can be run in conjunction with Lodge or a Grand Lodge or outside it. So does the Blue Lounge Club have a, have a philosophy? Is it just a group of guys, a group of people getting together for a beer? The impression is, is just a group of guys getting together to have a beer. And that was from the early days. 
But no, we've, we're, we're much later than that now. And our philosophy now is supporting young Masons when they need it most. And I do say, we do say that because we do support Masons. But I, that, that includes non-Masons as well. And young, young people in general that are looking for something without getting into the joining process too much. I think, you know, there's, there's questions asked of a man when they want to join Freemasonry, which, which can be a bit daunting and don't fit today's philosophy. Remembering that some of these questions are written 300 years ago and points of view and values on life are a lot different and differently categorised these days. We just try to support these members and, um, and non-members through the joining process, finding the right lodge that fits them when they do join trying to change to a different lodge that suits them. Because uh, often they'll join one thing and you say, okay, and then once they're in for six or 12 months, that the night doesn't work for them or there's just not the click, which you need. Uh, our then president, Jack Jacqueline, I think had three educational forums up within the first um, month and a half of um, COVID starting. And we've started another series now. We've had a, a, a transfer of power shift, for a better word, that Jack's done his work for four or five years now and, um, we've got a new state president in, in um, Robert Billing. He's out of Gippsland. So he's put a bit of a country flavour. So being an ex-country boy, uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying his view. And he's just recently served on um, Grand Lodge teams. And so he, he's been uh, out and up and about for a while and he understands that side of Freemasonry. And uh, we've had a, a new influx of uh, new guys onto the executive, which has um, really, really helped spark us again. And uh, we're, we're looking at, at different ways we can come out of this and get back to having the events that we, we had so successfully. There was a, a downturn there for a while where I think we were all just so busy in our lodge lives, becoming masters of our lodge. And, you know, but now with the injection of um, fresh people on the state executive, and this is starting to feed out to the regions, which they'll start to, um, to have these events when we can get back together again. I'm assuming that the Blue Land Social Club is, is not a recruitment arm of Freemasonry. No. It's a support arm for those who are either just joined or are interested in, in joining. Yeah. We have had people recruited through our, our social media and, and meeting us. I mean, just guys at the next table. I think one of them's now a master. He was at an event five years ago. He's now master of a lodge. He just heard us talking on the next table at a pub one night. <laughs> okay. So, and and you know, you're going to get the odd story like that. That's That's not common. And of course, we'll will point them in the right direction to go through the joining of Grand Lodge and, and the process that has to happen. But we'll be there to, to, um, to support them through that process, yes. So yeah. it's not a recruitment, but it's a supporting mechanism for sure. Thanks, Steve, for joining us and providing your insight into this. And to you who are listening, thank you for listening, and I hope this has provided some light into the mysteries of Freemasonry today.